Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome back to Sofa Cinema Club. I am Colson Smith, and as always, I'm joined by Jack P. Shepherd. Ben Lando. Who's Lando now? It's her name. Could you not just have gone Ben Leon? No, it's the first name. Ben the Professional? No, that's crap. I could have gone Stansfield. Ah, oh, Stansfield, yeah. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together to educate each other on film. Now, it is all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week, we set a film for each other to watch, and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we loved, hated, and rated about the film. Now, the beauty of our film club is that anyone can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film at home and then join us every Thursday to find out what we thought. This week's film is Ben's last pick of the series, and he has chosen for us Leon. But before we get into talking all things Leon, as always, how's your week been? What have you been up to? Shall I start off on why my speech is slow and almost hiccupy? You sound better, actually. I do sound better. I didn't sound well on... You could tell on last week's episode that it was coming to a head, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've been ill, like, absolutely flawed with, I think, man flu. <laughs> the way you built that up, I was thinking, well, oh, this can be really bad. Man flu. It's man flu. Yeah, it's, it's not been nice at all. Like, I think it was just like a simple coldy flu. Well, I've been incredibly busy lately. <laughs> That's a shock. So you, and then you've been diving in between. But I've been busy in work and then busy in the personal life. So I kind of haven't stopped. So I was always going to burn out and I just, Burnt out quicker than I expected, but yeah. So Thursday, I got I got sent home from London to kind of just the doctor's exact words were Netflix and rest. Well, it's Netflix and chill, isn't it? Netflix and rest, Jack. He's a doctor, though. The doctor term. Term. It's, it's prescribed. Um, <laughs> Netflix and rest. I don't know what chill is. It's rest. No, it, it was it was rest. But it, I I I don't really switch off anymore like I was thinking this whilst I've actually been doing nothing is I, I kind of I kind of don't so I guess being ill has actually forced me to stop but yeah so I had I had diving and swimming and then I've literally been sat at home on the sofa watching films since so what do you have to go back to what's your next event what's the Olympics next event well t- tomorrow it's diving Again, yeah, again, because I I, I I missed three sessions last week, so I've kind of gone from diving uh, to diving. To yeah, dive. <laughs> you can't. I don't know whether you can do diving with a chest like that. The doctor gave me four days. He was like, "You need four days off," and I haven't done anything. But like, when I realised I was ill, we were swimming, and I couldn't get a breath in. If that makes sense. So on front crawl, you have to come out to breathe. I think you need that when you're swimming. <laughs> you're swimming. Every time I went for a... Br- I can do about half a length. Throw the donut in. Get Throw that big red ring in. He can't breathe. I can do like just over half a length without a breath. So I was kind of doing that. And then I'd go to get the breath in. And I just couldn't. And I'd just start coughing. And it was awful. Yeah. But I, I think um, I'm hoping that touch wood, like... I feel a hell of a lot better in myself now. It is just the cough. The cough's the only thing that hasn't gone, but 
like last week I was I was dizzy I've never had a fever before this is the first time I've ever had a fever and I sent Ben a message and I was like I wish I could show you the state of my bed at 2am because a fever's awful Jack and literally my bed sheets and my quilt were sodden it was vile Mm. absolutely vile I was really really struggling and yeah well at least now I, I feel better in myself I've just got this like cough which is more like a bark than a cough as well it's like a it's like a woof but yeah so hopefully t- tomorrow tomorrow's actually been relocated to the north which suits me Oof. so for keys diving it's outdoor <laughs> but i think i'm gonna ring the coach i'm gonna say i'm feeling bad but i might just say look I, I i definitely want to go tomorrow but if i'm getting in and out of the pool maybe i should just limit myself to a couple of dives because to do a full session just go, might just knock just me out. Go, just go big on the first. Just do dive. one ten meter. Just and go, then do you know what? I'm going out. I do ten meters. I'm somersaulting. I'm landing it, and then I'm in the car park, and, and I'm then I'm in the car home. So I'm twisting myself. I'm rolling over, and I'm, that's what you're going to get. Yeah, four point four. Yeah, 4.4. yeah. <laughs> I had a near death experience oh. the other day. Oh, good. Oh, okay. This is quite good. I needed a shower, so. I go into the bathroom, turn the shower on. Now, our shower is one of them where there's the shower, but it's in a bath. Yeah? Yeah, got you, got you. I know that. I go to stand in the bath, and I slip in the bath. Oh, no. And I I do, he immediately splits, immediate splits. (laughs) Right, right, immediate splits, legs hanging out. My cock nearly came off, it nearly got castrated off the side. Now there's a glass fucking door separating, you know, the bathroom from the shower. Literally, Ben, nearly came off. I was nearly cut from fucking arsehole to breakfast, honestly. And it's because, it's because the girlfriend the night before had had a Oil. bath. Oil. Oil. She's not, and I immediately said, have you had a bath? She went, well, last night. I went, did you rinse it out? No. Did you put olive oil in the bath? Fucking straight in, decked it, absolutely fucking Did you go full, full... Like feet above head, over. It was a full fucking. It was a full, <laughs> one foot out the bath, one foot in the bath. Yeah, full strictly come dancing. I mean, I, I did. what did you grab? It was no. It was sort of glass <laughs> and tile. There was nothing much to grab. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was. Oh, uh, <laughs> fucking funny. The oil. No one saw that coming. Wait, wait. Yeah, gone. <laughs> like you in judo when you're young. Yeah. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Oh, fucking hell Ben um, any splits for you <laughs> right you know when granny or someone buys you something they've gone to the shop it's not your birthday it's not Christmas it's not anything and uh, my mother-in-law's staying and she get, she's in there and she goes oh bought you something fruit pastels no clothes oh, clothes. oh okay clothes. <laughs> okay clothes. just what you want your elderly relative to buy you isn't it as well <laughs> she went I've got you these jogging bottoms <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, great. Great, jogging bottoms, fine. We all need jogging bottoms, don't we? Grey, fine. <laughs> she said, I was just out and I saw them there in the shop and I thought, oh, they'll be perfect for you. So I was like, oh, okay, well, thanks. She said, well, well get, them, get them out. So I got them out. <laughs> Put them next to me. on the, the Massive. But on the side of them, They've got the Royal Academy of Dance. <laughs> the, the, the dance jogging pants. Oh she was in the Royal Academy of Dance shop and she went, oh, some jogging pants oh from Ben. God. But it's, it's not small. You know how you might get a small logo yeah. and you go, oh, huge. it is written huge, like I'm full ballet. <laughs> and she goes, what do, you, what do you think? She went, oh, the logo's a bit bigger than I thought. It is. A, it's no. from your feet yeah. to your your waist yeah. Royal Academy of Dance <laughs> <laughs> me walking around like a ballet dancer yeah, doing mark. the dog walk the dog walk with your shreddies <laughs> <In my shreddies. laughs> 
I think you should wear them to work and just tell people that you trained there. Do you know what I might do? Yeah, that's good. Just for a gig, just for our pure, our fun, just wear them. I used to wear my sister's um, Liverpool Uni veterinary student hoodie so people <laughs> thought I was more intelligent. <laughs> what you were. Yeah. Thought you were a vet. Yeah. Speaking of animals, I we're back on the farm a few weeks ago. Forgot to tell you. Yeah. Did they miss you? Well, it's lambing season, isn't it? So obviously uh, I got the call saying, uh, we, we need you. What did you wear on your feet? Yeezys. Yeah, they got shit all over them. I got slagged off. But there's a few new additions to the farm which kind of make me happy. So there's a quad bike now, which is a lot more, that's like, more me. More me? It's more me. It, the quad bike's more me. <laughs> the tractors are really hard to drive. The quad bikes are fun. Um, but I've also found out that... that we had to go to the like neighbouring farm to pick up these things that lift concrete. Boring farmy story. But the neighbouring farm is a dairy and they have baby Jersey cows and oh they are adorable. Their eyelashes are stunning. And then I did it. I did a bit of milking. I don't know if I sent you the video. And my sister turned around to me and was like you should do this for the podcast, you, Jack and Ben. And I was like, I would love to see them milk a cow. It's quite hard, isn't it, to milk a cow? Milking a cow by hand is, these are on the machines. It's like, in fact, uh, do you know... Do you know well, I thought you were there with a the th- little stool. You know when we filmed <laughs> with, um, you know when we filmed with a <laughs> little stool? <laughs> you know, get, what was it? Can what you was not make me laugh because it hurts uh, so much just to laugh like... Really, just hurts. move away from the mic, laugh, cough, and come back. You know when we filmed with Barrington, yeah, yeah. You know he said the cream you have to use is Longley Farm cream. Well, that comes from these cows. Uh, so good plug. Yeah. So if if we want to do it, we we we're, we're milking next. But I mean, there's something about like calves and the, the, the certain breed of cow they were. They they're so cute. <laughs> But that um, that was my animal encounter. Very good. Shall we talk about Leon? Set up. Did you watch it with anyone, Ben? Uh, oh, set up hard. Oh. <laughs> Why? I couldn't get the telly. Oh, no. I couldn't no. get the telly. What do you mean? I hadn't pre-booked it. Oh. Look, there's kids in there. The laptop watch. There's no. 11 start. Oh, 11 ooh. p.m. start. Hard. Me and my Todd. Fire on. Star, 11pm watch. You two, you two were together. We said that we were aiming for a 7.30 star. Jack left at half 11. Well, we watched the director's cut. Oh, how long's that? Two hour 20. Yeah. Did you watch the 150? Just on Apple telly. Oh, well, that's where we watched it. Or maybe I did watch the director's one and I thought I watched them. We'll find out as we go through the episode, I'm yeah. sure. Cause, but it was the first time Jack had seen this version, yeah? I think so, yeah. They remastered it. Was it the remastered version? Yeah, 2019 remastered. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's slightly longer. It's the scenes that they ended up um, cutting originally from the original uh, theatrical version. Uh Let's have a synopsis before we go any further. Otherwise, we're in danger of breaking Sofa Cinema Club tradition. Uh, yeah, short synopsis. Um, it gets you out of a lot of trouble, that, when you say, yeah, short synopsis. So I know I'm going to say four sentences and then that's it. Hitman takes, <laughs> takes into care 12-year-old girl whose parents have been killed when a drug deal goes wrong. It, it doesn't need any more, Jack. I try and think now, how would I pitch this film? Mm. If I was having to pitch it for money, how would I pitch the film? It needs to be in a sentence or two. It was American Pie that we discussed, wasn't it? Which was something like, didn't they write on the script, will cost you... Yeah, that's what the, was the name of the film, wasn't it? This film will cost you less than $10 million. million and will make you loads, mm. yeah. yeah. Like Jaws in Space, Aliens, Alien. You know, just something that you can quickly grab hold of. So there we go. There's a synopsis. So Leon is our hitman, isn't he? And he is a French man who's living in New York who is carrying out kind of hits for, like, is it the mafia, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, it's the mafia, but also at the end they sort of intimate he also carries out hits for the police, doesn't he? But he, he? doesn't know he's doing them for the police, does he? 
No, Leon doesn't, but no, the, yeah, yeah. the guy who gives him the job does. Yeah. And we open on a, a hit, as it were, don't we? Yeah, and obviously we get the impression that he's 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 very good at his job. Everything's very clean, everything's very quick, everything's very easy. Mm. Um, he's like the ultimate professional of a hitman. And he kind of goes back to his house, goes back to his life, and... We meet a girl very early on, don't we? Who's kind of lives in the same apartment block as him. A very young girl. And she's kind of witnessing her dad having an argument with what we assume is a drug dealer. Yes, we yeah, we assume they're sort of like a, a gang, don't they? Yeah. Come round to collect some sort of money or drugs from her father. Matilda, played by Natalie Portman, isn't it? So first... First feature film, first debut. And she's, what, 11? She's 12. Wow. She was 11 when she got the part, and I think uh, 12 when she started making it, I think. Gary Oldman, how old's he in this? I don't know. Oh, I don't Mid-30s. know. Mid-30s. He looks fucked, doesn't he? Well, he's like, I think his character, he sort of based it on someone who's on a cump down from drugs, isn't it, and alcohol yeah. use. I think that's why he takes those those pills... Gary Oldman in this film I thought was very, very, very good. It splits people, doesn't it, the performance? Some people think it's very good and some people think it was too over the top. Do they? Because mm. he, he uh, Luke Besson, the director, he he improvised most of his part. And Luke Besson, I never realised, is the cameraman. So he said you'd rehearse with Luke Besson, the director, and then in the scene with you, is the cameraman, which is Luke Besson. And he's whispering or telling you what he thinks of what you're doing. So we go for another take and go, yep, just do this, do that, do what you want. He was just quite open to, you could, Gary Oldman said it was one of the best experiences he had because he said you're just completely free as an actor. But it did split people, his performance. I think that's probably on the basis that it was a little project was this film. Because originally he was meant to film The Fifth Element with Bruce Willis. Yeah. But Bruce Willis at the time in 94 was massive. You know, he'd done Die Hard, he'd done Pulp Fiction. So his schedule was rammed. So he had to wait for Bruce's schedule to die down before he could film Fifth Element. Yeah. So in the meantime, he had some downtime. Did Luke Besson as a, a filmmaker. He had like four months where he couldn't do anything. So in the first month... He wrote the film Leon, and then the three months after that, they shot it. So it was just on a downtime of not making anything while he made this little project. And the character Leon is a character from one of his pre-existing films. Yeah, that Nikita. Nikita. Nikita, yeah. Which was a film that had a small part of a hitman cleaner. And I think he's taken the hitman. There's a one of my, which I was, I might still pick actually. It's called Le Samurai. It's a 67 film with Alain Delon, French film. And he plays a hitman in that. Alain Delon does. But there's nothing in his flat. So you know how Leon's got nothing? Well, Alain Delon has nothing, not even a plant. And he's a hitman. And he wears the same thing. I've not even got a plant. (laughs) Not even got a plant. He wears a hat and a trench coat. And he kills people. But there's very few words in it. And I think that's where he probably got the idea of this guy this hitman on his own. But it's quite a famous film. He does a hit in a nightclub. So you said that um, Gary Oldman's performance split a few people. But it's a good place to start. Where did it lie with you? I think it's that bit where he takes the drugs and he looks up. It's very stylized, isn't it? He cracks the drug. Then he looks up and... I mean, look, he goes for it. I liked it. Because <clears throat> I think it, it, it just shows from straight away that his character's unhinged and you don't know what the fuck he's going to do. Does it not make the shock of when he find out he's a cop. Even, yeah, even better. Yeah. Because I was like, I turned around to Jack and I was like, the fuck? Is he here? And Jack was like, yeah. I mean, I like that rogue element that the police were running their own drugs. I can see that. And if you're going to get the police running your own drugs, you are probably going to get a guy who's an addict at the front of it. Mm. It just all gets a bit wayward, doesn't it? Because So we've done the first bit, haven't we? So he's done the dad... You've heard an argument between Gary Oldman and Natalie Portman's dad. Yeah. Talking about some of the drugs are missing. Something's been cut. 10% has been cut. And he gives him 24 hours to get an answer as to who it is. And then he comes back 24 hours later with his gang. 
and literally assassinates the entire family of Natalie Portman, other than her, because she's buying milk for Leon, the next-door neighbour. And she comes back, goes past the door. I thought that was great. Great shot through the door, yeah. Great shot of her saying, please, please, please let me in. It's such a... An awful situation for her. She can't grieve, she can't scream, because if she does, she gives up the fact that it's her family. Yeah, it's a fantastic performance. So she just has to play as though she's completely not affected by what she can see, and she just knocks on the neighbour's door as though that's her door. Yeah. She is incredible throughout the entire film. I remember I turned around to Jack and was like, surely she must have had like an acting coach or something on set to go through this like scene by scene with her because at such a young age to have quite a... I mean, there's quite a lot of layers as to what she does, isn't there? Like, you can't know to do that at 12 years old. There's quite a few scenes where... um She's crying, like crying on cue. And uh, in order to do that, um, she struggled with crying. So Luke Bisson, the director, he he sort of squirted some mint vapour oil in her eye so that she would cry. Before the days of tear stick. Before the days of tear stick, yeah. And I tried having that sort of tear stick. Basically what tear stick is, it's like Vicks Vapor Rub, isn't it? Yeah. You put underneath your eyelids and apparently it makes your eyes stream. Well, it doesn't work for me and it never worked for me. Does it do anything for you? My eyes, I, I, I close my, my eyes are sensitive, so I, it doesn't I, work I can't for me, open really. them. Yeah. I yeah. can't open my eyes. Because the only downside with the tear stick is if it works, it just keeps work. Like, mm, if yeah. you, someone's using it, they can't stop crying. So if in a scene you decide you want to stop crying, your performance has changed, but your eyes haven't... Your tears are just streaming because your eyes are burning. In fact, the last time I used it was um, producer Henry's wife, Poppy, did it for me. And I hadn't used it for a while. And like, so if you do use it, your eyes become like um, less sensitive to it and I was like oh no I'm, I'm, I'm good and it give me a few and like one eye just like basically sw- swollen up and started twitching so we had to stop for like 15 minutes until you work it out your system but now the other day I don't know if I told you this Ellie will tell you the story better but we were doing a scene and I was having to sing and I just started crying as I was singing and I think it was because for the like the scenes before in the day like they'd been like emotional and we were having to cry and then the last scene of the day I had to sing <laughs> as I was singing just started crying and I was like if I was meant to do that it would have been amazing but because I wasn't when I was at drama school they did an exercise where you sing and you go back on emotional memory sing and cry at the same time singing brings out you can't filter out as much so when you sing you've opened up so they'd get you to sing and then start going through emotional memory of when you were a kid talking to you. And inevitably people would cry because it's quite emotional singing, more emotional than you. So that's probably what happened to you because you've let so much go to have to sing. It's quite exposing singing. Yeah. Um, especially with a voice like yours. Yeah. I mean, it was Craig Tinker singing Shirley Bassey, but... <laughs> a big spender. <laughs> no, it was um, Kiss Me Honey Honey. <laughs> 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 but then when I did, did it, they called kiss cut. Kiss me, honey, honey, kiss me. Ellie Leach and Ali Mardell looked at each other and they went, is he crying? And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I was like, I, d- I don't know what's happened. And then the director, who was called Leon, came over and was like, how have you managed that? And I was like, don't know, just started and I went with it. But what I should have done... After I finished the song and I knew I was crying and like I could see in their reaction that I was crying, I was going to say, sorry, it was like my auntie's funeral song to like try and keep it in the moment. But I fucking bottled it. And then if I'd have said that, we probably could have bought it and used it and it would have worked really oh, well. I absolutely bottled it. For excessive use of tear stick, Colson Smith. You can always sort of tell when people use a tear stick because the face is just wet isn't it yeah so like there's not much emotion in their voice 
or their face, but yeah. their eyes are just streaming with it's tears. It's the biggest it, it cry looks, they've ever done in their life. It looks weird. It's like you think, hang on a minute. It doesn't match. It's not the ugly cry when Kylie Platt's dying in your arms, is it, You Jack? have to go ugly. You have You've got to go You've full got ugly, full scream, scream to the sky. Scream up. <laughs> <laughs> so Natalie Portman is knocking on the door and she's kind of withholding these tears in her, isn't she? Because there's a guy outside who has a gun that is curious as to who she is and it's a good 30 seconds before Leon finally decides to open the door. And Leon, I suppose, is in that place, which, to be fair, they do very well, which is he knows it's the crossroads to his life. If he lets her in, he's in a whole world of pain. He knows that even by the door. He knows their police or there's something going on. And he knows letting a girl into his flat and her parents are being killed. So he's in a real... He play. I think Jean Renault plays that very well. I liked they have their first night together where he kind of is open and honest with it. And that is the bit, you know, he never really holds anything back, does he? It's like, as soon as she's in that door, he's kind of letting her know everything. But when he wakes up in the night and goes to put the gun to her head, as if his decision has been made that all I can do is kill her. <laughs> well, then it won't be his problem then. Yeah, I just thought that was quite a powerful moment to show how his kind of brain works and how he's wired up in a way. Yeah. He sort of played the character a little bit mentally slow than others um, because there's loads of talk that is is Leon in a romantic relationship with Matilda and he didn't want to play that at all. So he ended up letting her have complete control over the scenes that they have together with being able to control them and him not being mentally all there to be able to understand everything that she's saying. I suppose he recognises himself because I saw a little interview and he said he thought that the character had lost his parents and was abandoned and had never really grown up from that, never formed a relationship again. Yeah. Speaking of parents, Natalie Portman's mum and dad didn't like the fact that she had to smoke and fire guns, basically. And what they didn't like was they didn't like the horror stories of things going wrong on sets with firearms. So they sent her off to have her own firearms coaching. So she knew how to handle the gun herself, how to load the bullets herself, so that everything was 100% checked by her, which is why in the live action, there's a lot of her with the guns knowing what she's doing. So obviously worked well for the part. And the other thing, obviously they didn't like her smoking. So the deal that they made with the director was that she could have five scenes where she was smoking and at some point in the film, they wanted her character to make the decision to stop smoking. And the director was like, yeah, that's fine. And that's why the scene where they're outside, um, like Tony's cafe, um, he goes and smacks the cig out of her hand and says, Anna, I want you to stop smoking. And she doesn't smoke from that moment in the film. So basically... Natalie Portman's parents co-wrote the film. But the rest of the violence is absolutely fine. Yeah, but I suppose it's like, as long as she's not doing the violence or whatever. So what we get into is, what you've alluded to there, Colton, is she understands she's going to have to wash his clothes or do something because he's the only person she's got and they're going to try and kill her. She knows that. She knows enough that they're going to come for her. So she asks, he says he's a cleaner. She asks to be trained as a cleaner, doesn't she? And then they start on this bit where he takes her through the guns. He leaves his guns out. She sees them, takes her through, you know, training her really as a 12-year-old. I thought that was quite cool that he says, when learning to be a cleaner, the weapons of choice you, you start with are the ones that are further away, giving you the most distance and most advantage on your target so you start with the sniper rifle and then the last weapon you train with is a knife so that you're really up close with your target but that was quite cool i'd have thought it would be bare hands that'd be that'd be the last <laughs> Do you know what the last one would be oil in the bath oil in the bath and then if you're really really no good, one saw that no one saw that the night before you have an oily bath 
and then you just go. <laughs> Oily bath. Oily bath is the one. Someone goes up to Leon and goes, someone's just an oily bath. What? 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 Oh, wow. Oily bath. He's been wow. in the game years. <laughs> He's good. That's good. Oily bath. Oh. <laughs> so it was about this point in the film where I think Jack started saying that he reckons this is where it was different to the yeah. first version that he'd watched. I think so. We got to see quite a lot of Leon training her up how how to be an assassin in multiple different ways with different weapons. Oh, well, I must and, have seen the version you did. Okay, yeah. No, no, there is that in it, but it just seemed to go on a little bit longer than what I thought. She had the bit with the... When they break into the apartment and do the drugs with the guy. Yeah. She shoots a handgun. Then they had a bit with the sniper rifle with the guy jogging in the park. And did she cover the drugs in, like, lighter fluid? You want to burn them, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so we kind of go through this process of seeing her not grow up, but we see her learn the ropes of how to be a cleaner. And in her time, she kind of grows more confidence and they're living away from home because they're kind of on the run, in a way. And there's a moment where she goes back to the flat where her family were killed um, to get the money. So she gets 20 grand from under the floorboards and it's when she looks down and realises that she's stood under the... Chalk outline. Chalk outline of her brother who was murdered and I think her brother was only four. She also hears Gary Oldman say about where his office is, doesn't she? That's an important plot point. She realises that him, he's a copper. She's got the 20 grand because Leon says it's five grand a hit, five grand a person. But he says that he, he won't kill for revenge and kind of yeah. batters the idea off. But So there's a moment where they're in their kind of third apartment and there's kind of quite a lot of tension and friction between the two of them because Natalie Portman wants to do more and Leon doesn't want to let her because she, she's a child and he has been doing this for years He's a cleaner by trade and she she wants to do more. She wants to do hits on her own and she wants to do the hit on Gary Oldman's character. And she says, right, well, let's play a game. And if I win, you do what I want. And if you win, I leave and you never have to see me again. And it's kind of, she goes to Russian roulette, doesn't she? Mm. And she spins the gun and she puts it to her head. And Leon says, you can't do that. I heard the round click. Yeah. That there's, there's a bullet. And you will die. And she's like, I don't care. And again, she's crying and she looks scared, but she's basically saying, look, you either, you either work with me or you kill me because I'm either with you or I'm not. And it kind of gets really close. And then he smacks the gun as she fires it and it fires off sort of thing. And she's like, right, I win. But it's kind of like a strange blood pact, isn't it? It's a strange moment in the film where, he saves her life. So then my life, it's a blood pact he makes. To, he's got to look after her. Now you have way. to protect yeah. me. You've saved my life twice. We're sort of, it was a, it's a real crossroads in that film because she doesn't feel she's done enough. And then he realises he's finally broken his rule, I think, of, of getting close to someone. Well, he goes and sees Tony straight away, doesn't he? And he's like, right, from now on, I've got a partner. And he's like, you can't have a partner. She's a child. And he's like, nah, she's, 18. And you feel that Tony's nicked all his money, don't you? Yeah. Because you know how you said, Jack, about him? We can't read or write, can he? So no. He's obviously no concept with, like, maths and currency and how much things are. There's a slight backstory that's alluded to that Tony in some way saves his life. Tony in some way does the same thing that he's doing for Matilda. Well, he's brought him in, hasn't he? He's landed in New York from he's coming over from parents. France. He's on his own. Yeah. And Tony has somehow taken him in and said, look, you can work for me yeah. doing these hits. And what you, what I kind of got the feeling was, is that Leon is almost doing a lifetime repayment back. You saved me and okay, I'll go and kill people, but I need just enough to survive. I don't need any more. Yeah. And if he's getting five grand a hit, I reckon Tony's probably giving him a grand a a week, probably. Well, he's not giving him any money, obviously, is he? He's giving him some a month. He gives him $100, doesn't he, at one point. He goes, look, your money's here, don't worry. No, that's it what he gives under. her. And she looks at it because, obviously, she's had that 20 grand that she's just... I mean, she even gives $100 to those kids to get out of her way. But also, she's been in that... There's that cut sequence of 
then doing the same door technique and they must do it five or six times you know that uh time when they they knock on the door don't they one time she uses the same line like it's it's dark out here i can't see and then the guy goes yeah one second and then leon immediately knows summit's up here and he moves her out the way and it starts firing doesn't it and then he gets the grenade and and shoves it in, yeah. The ring trick and blows the guy up. The guy who starts firing at them is Luke Besson. Ah. He's the director. He's decided, right, it's my part now. So because Leon isn't going to do the revenge hit, um, Matilda takes it upon herself to kind of, you know, I- I'm going to do this. I know where he works. I know how to kill. I've, I've got a plan. And she kind of just ballsily heads in to kill Gary Oldman, doesn't she? Yeah, I quite liked... I thought it was a little a little bit weird as to... But maybe it was different in the early 90s, I don't know, as to why they just let a 12-year-old girl bring in a pizza box in and saying, which floor? Delivery. Yeah, delivery, yeah. So he just lets her in, I don't know. Do you not think they had deliveries? And- but in the sort of metal detectors, I can't quite remember. Well, we never, we never know what... So thing. the food, they don't do the metal detector. She puts the food on a tray. Yeah. She walks through the metal detector. The gun's obviously in the pizza box. It's a kind of, I thought of that, that's a classic 90s thing. A bit like Die Hard. Do you know what I mean? It's a classic, like the, pe- the police are talking to each yeah, other yeah, yeah. or mucking around, not really paying police attention. Police officers are always asleep when looking at, meant to be looking <laughs> yeah, at security he gets, cameras. When he goes to save her, he goes, I'll oh, just be two minutes. But you're going into the, like, a huge government building yeah, with police. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're always like... Yeah, there was a bit of artistic license. She puts the pizza box on the side and walks through. That little conversation in the toilets I liked with Gary Oldman and her. Because there's no, in a way, there's no way he can kill her in that building. What can he do? Because even though she's gone in there to kill him, he can't do anything. When he's as a cop, his hands are completely tied, aren't they, Jack? Like, that that's, that's what you're saying. Yeah. So, as much as he just wants to kill her and you know then there's no trail he he can't and it's like he's kind of buying himself time isn't he so when he catches her he gets his team to take her up it's an interesting way of filming it as well because you never see that he clocks her yeah you never see him clock her no then she goes into the loo to kill him and he's behind the door shuts the door and you think that's a very clever filming technique because you go didn't, yeah. The end cubicle was the only door that was shut. So you're like, oh, she's going to the end cubicle. But also it sets up the idea that he's really sharp. He might look like he's all over the place, like he's high on drugs, that he kills everyone, but he sees everything. And he knew something was off. You'd never think something's off with a 12-year-old girl carrying pizza, but he does. And he just waits for her. And you're right, that scene is quite... It's frightening, I think, that scene. Leon makes it look easy when he comes to save her, doesn't he? Yeah, federal building, walks in. Easy. It's like, like GTA, <laughs> wasn't was it? Big... Bang, 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 in and out. Does the old grab of the tie knock him out? The taxi waiting outside. You were longer than two minutes. Yeah, there's, there's one guy on reception, and then there's two guys in the office upstairs, and no one else. There's more security at Corrie. What kind of got me was... The first hits he does, he's in the shadows. It's a man you can't see. The next time, he's just hes just gone... You know what I mean? He's completely changed his game. And he's gone through the front entrance. You'd think, surely you go round the back. Or surely you'd think of something yeah, else. Yeah. But he goes, no, no, I'm going through the front. When they get out and they go and hide, they're kind of hiding, but in complete preparation that they're, they're going to get found. And that they're at this apartment and... Because t- Tony tips him off, doesn't he? He says, this is him. This is where he lives. If it's yeah. what's got to be. His mate's already be. died in the Italian restaurant. Then the rest of his squad, his, his drug squad, they get killed in the DEA office. Yeah. Then he goes around to Tony and is like, right, this guy's just come in now. Who the fuck is he? Because he's, he's, he's Italian looking. Yeah. So I've come to the Italian mafia that I know, which is you. So you need to tell me. So he obviously does tell him. And then that's when um, Gary Oldman turns up with the whole army, basically. The the entire American police, not just the NYPD, the entire 
police of America. It shows with everyone, but the people running it don't seem to know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> he's on his little walkie-talkie, goes, oh, they've, they've, he's killed some people. Yeah, get behind the metal thing. But it wouldn't be uh, But it wouldn't be hard to even order that hit when you say, a madman has gone in with guns and killed three police officers yeah. in the federal fucking building. Yeah. But it was just the way they, when yeah. they went together, they weren't mean. very good. Their, their go-to was, just get the biggest gun you can and blow the door off. But we know as an audience, don't we, that that knock, because he says it's two knocks, one knock, two knocks. And then when she gets, she goes to the shop to get some milk, and when she comes back, the SWAT team get hold of her daughter and they say, is there a secret knock? And she says it's three knocks, two, then one. So she gives them a different knock. So we know that Leon is going to be suspicious because that's a different knock. And then obviously they just, they don't, unbeknown to them, they're sort of walking into a bit of a trap, aren't they? Because he's sort of prepared and he's hiding in the top of the top of the corridor. He really does put up a good fight, doesn't he, to be fair? Yeah. Um, he sort of just picks them off one by one, doesn't he, as the sort of enter the flat. And I think he must have, there's almost a feeling he knows, with or without her, this was the way it was always going to end. He kind of does a little bit of a negotiation, doesn't he, to get Matilda back. He does by walking right up to them, doesn't he? Yeah. I love that scene where he goes, have a look. <laughs> and he just puts his head round the corner <laughs> and there's a gun. He's next to me. <laughs> Looking down a barrel. I thought that was great. And he went, he's got a gun in my face. <laughs> when he gets her back, you know, the first thing on his mind is instantly to get her out and save her, isn't it? And, you know, he, he does, he, he says to her, you know, you, you need to get the axe, get in the house. And then he kind of finds a hole through, like, a, the dumb waiter from where the boiler was or whatever. And she's out and she's free whilst he's kind of being shot at like a madman. Mm. Then a very, very clever moment, which I said to Jack as soon as it happened, I was like, that's what I'd do. When they fired the big the big rocket bombs. Yeah. Big. He quickly did an old quick change and disguised himself as an injured cop. Is that silence of the lambs as well, he does that? He wears his face, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, he puts his um SWAT mask like gas mask on and SWAT uniform and feigns injury, doesn't he? So that the paramedics sort of take him out. He has been shot as well in shoulder. He has been shot, yeah. Twice in about a week. I thought that was very clever, though, that when the paramedic is sort of escorting him down the staircase, you then see the amount of police yeah. all just to come and kill him, and he wouldn't have got out. As he's walking past them. As he's walking past them, he's thinking, Jesus Christ, this is a lot of men. And it's a very clever moment in the fact of He's got away with it. There's what? There must be a thousand extras there as police officers. And he completely has got away with it other than one person. Which is set up, which the director has set up in that scene when he notices Matilde and he and she goes into the loo. So Gary Oldman, there's that feeling from that character. He notices everything. Because Luke Besson, uh, Leon leaves, doesn't he? But he knows there's something wrong. Yeah. And Oldman follows him. Yeah, because he sees him, doesn't get checked out. Yeah. When he gets shot in the back, I was amazed that they didn't use the shot of him getting shot in the back. And they just did it from his POV. So you see Oldman following him. It flicks to Leon's POV as a free man walking outside. And then camera goes down. I've not seen that before. Well, as an audience, we know, don't we? You sort of see Gary Oldman behind him, don't you? And then you see his gun come up. And remember... His ears are ringing. He's been in an apartment block that's been shot at and explosions going off. So he probably can't hear as much. So he probably can't hear Gary Oldman behind him. And then when he fires the shot, I think it hits him in the head. Because when he goes down, you do see all the blood at the back of his head. Still, he's got enough of a brain to kind of pull off the masterstroke. And I said to Jack... As soon as he held his hand and went, here's a present from Matilda, I went, please be a grenade pin. And he does. He opens his hand. Oldman looks at his vest, sees it's full of grenades. Boom. I thought he's done two brilliant reactions, Gary Oldman. His first, one of them that I really like is when he screams the word everyone. 
No, he says, bring me everyone. And yeah. Everyone. Yeah. And then he turns to him and, and screams with man- manic, doesn't he? Yeah. Everyone. He talked about that. He did it the first time with Luke Besson doing the camera. He did it normally. And Luke Besson went, oh, okay. And then he just did it for a laugh to try and make Luke Besson laugh. And Luke Besson kept it in the film. Very good. You think this is a guy on the edge. And then I liked his second reaction when he sees the grenade. Because your natural reaction would be to see a grenade, which would be, shit, you know, like scream. But he doesn't. He almost says it in a way like he knows he's fucked. Yeah. And he knows he can't do anything. And it's just a shit. He meant his match. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. That's 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 how it ends. That's how it ends. I really, really liked that choice. I think... Alban was great and his accent throughout the whole film I thought was mint especially like it was the bit when he shouted everyone like I said to you then Jack Denai I was like he's strong in this oh he's fucking yeah he's brilliant brilliant actor so he's got killed he's killed Oldman Portman goes back to the school she was boarding at her father is paying for her dead father she tells the headmistress she tells him a lie, first of all. They died in a car crash. And then she went, look, just tell me the truth. And then the truth sounds fucking ridiculous, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and then she goes, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and she's got the plant with her. And she goes out. She plants the plant like it's Leon. And we end there. But they had talked about an alternative is she doesn't do that. And she becomes a killer. So she becomes what she's been trained to do. She might become a killer anyway. Well, she does, funnily enough, because Luke Bisson has wrote a sequel which Natalie Portman was going to revise a role and do later on when she was older. However, the production company that made the film, Luke Bisson's since left that production company and they own the rights to the sequel. Oh, I see. So they were, Luke Bisson tried to get it to make it a thing with Portman... Um, but the production company refused to release it, so it probably will never be released. Should we take a quick break and then come back and rate the film? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ratings starting off with you, Ben, as it's your pick. So for Cinema Club first, picking a film that you don't like. What? Oh, wow. I've changed what I thought. Oh, so you did like it when you picked it? Yeah. I thought I did. It's 25 years. I think I saw it 25 years ago. And it's not the film. I don't know whether it's because we watched the director's cut and I'd watched the original cut all that time ago and that was different. Uh, I found it more uncomfortable. I found the story of this 12-year-old girl with him being taught how to kill. I don't know whether it's because I've got kids now. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. I, I think, funny enough, Oldman's performance, weirdly, I still think he's a cracking actor. He goes for it. Mm. He really does. And actually, he plays a part which is really hard to play. Uh, I think Portman's fantastic. And I think Sean Renault's fantastic. Some of the shots are amazing. He's made it look like a European art house film, but it's an American movie. But he's made it look very French at times, New York. It was filmed in France, though. All the interior shots in the apartment are filmed in Paris. But the the corridor is New York and the apartment is Paris. So imagine the difficulty in some of that. Oh, God, yeah. The corridor's the Chelsea Hotel in New York. And then the apartment is a, a studio. So I'm going to go... Um do you know what? I think I'm just going to go six. Wow. Fucking hell. That's shite. Look, I think what's important, I thought about this long and hard after I finished the film at one in the morning. <laughs> I think what's <laughs> what's important is, if we've got anything about, we're talking about films in this podcast, is also to admit when 
your opinion changes. I've changed. Mm. My opinion has changed on that film after 25 years. It's not the film I thought it was. And I thought, do I just go, yeah, it's amazing, and the shot like this, and it's a nine, because it's my film. Or do I turn around and go, actually, I didn't... You know, genuinely, I went to bed and went, I didn't like it. I didn't like that. Wow, six from Ben. Right, well, uh, I've seen this film loads of times. I think it is the first time I've seen the director's cut. It is a little bit, mm, a little bit weird with the older man and 12-year-old girl in some scenes. I think it gets a little bit baggy in the middle, the director's cut. I think the original version, the the one hour 45, is a lot better than the uh, two hours 15. I don't think it's needed a lot of it. Um, But I'm going to go 8.2 for me, because I think it's still a a great film. Oldman performances, uh, Portman's performance... And John Reno, uh, I think the director's done great to write that film in a month and shoot it in three on a bit of downtime uh, while he's waiting to make his next project. I think it's a great achievement. Um, filmed in two different countries, yeah, I think it's great. Well edited to put together. For me, obviously very different to both you and Ben. This is the first time that I'd ever seen it. And the film aspect of it, I... I, I did really like. I really enjoyed the characters um, that Gary Oldman and like and of Leon. The thing that's weird is, and obviously I don't know if the one hour fifty version is different to the two twenty, but it's like the fact it does almost it doesn't even borderline flirt with the idea. Like it, it sexualizes a twelve year old girl with an evidently older man, which is an uncomfortable watch. And it almost doesn't acknowledge the fact that it's uncomfortable at any point. But taking that away from it, which obviously is 90% of the film, um, I I, I did really like it. And I liked the story. I liked liked the characters. So I do want to give it a good rating, but I did definitely feel a sense of eeriness in watching it. So I'm going to go for an 8.5. I think I think the original release is better. It's a faster-paced film, and I feel like Gary Oldman's in it throughout. And I was saying to you, there's a big section of that film that Gary Oldman's not in for like an hour. He's much more present in the, orig- in the cut. You're right, Jack. It's much more like there's three of them in that film. Uh, which is kind of, it, it did feel like a two and a one rather than a three. And I think it was the two aspects that made it uncomfortable because if that's what they were going for, then cast a fucking 18-year-old, you know, don't, or at least don't cast a 12-year-old for the part. It just, it kind of blurs the line and it didn't quite work. So that's 22.7. Interesting. Um, Jack, next week, it's your last pick of the series. But before we find out what that is, a little bit of an awkward moment to touch on. Last week, Jack's Hidden Gem, you gave us Show Trial. Yep, brand new, never been watched before. Ne- never been a gem before. However, my own mother and the fans of Sofa Cinema Club, which is about five people, got in touch and said, He's picked that before. <laughs> when? When have I you... don't know. I, I don't couldn't know. remember you doing it. No. Very good pick, though. Sometimes you have to pick things twice because they're so good. You sent me a message, Carlson, when <laughs> it's been flagged up. You've picked your trial before as a gem. But I was like, well, you two didn't bloody notice. I sat there. And Do you I know what? I was quite happy. Same, I was going, God, that sounds good. Same description. I had no clue. No clue. No clue. So, um, this week's gem... Class Action uh, Park. It's not Class Action Park, and it's not The Rescue. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? That, we haven't talked about that for a while. The eating know. shit. And I know exactly what you do. I know exactly what you're doing, Jack. You're hoping we're forgetting mm, it. We're not forgetting. Bring it to the side. We're the not. Rescue wasn't nominated for an Oscar and didn't win one. And you said, if it doesn't win... 
I will eat my own shit. <laughs> so, so we just, I just needed to just make sure. We haven't sure forgotten. We haven't forgotten. That we, that's in the, that's it's in, in the bag somewhere. somewhere. If the ratings start to go we're down. Pull, we're pulling that out. If, if the numbers go down. If the round the world doesn't do very well, we're pulling it I down. think it's a big end of series finale. <laughs> and to celebrate the end of series five, Jack Tune in. is going to eat shit. <laughs> What's the gem this week? What's your head? Oh, should we sit? Let's I sing. can't. I've got a medical note. Sorry. You've <laughs> got a medical edition. Jack. Hidden gem, gem of, of the week. week. Right. Uh, <laughs> gem this gem week. The gem this week. <laughs> it's a doc. It's available on Amazon Prime, YouTube. Google Movies. Has anyone ever used no. Google Movies? Who's used Google Movies? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you've got to really be struggling there. I mean, yeah. Weird. Google Movies. Google, but the price is just the same as all the others. Anyhow, on Amazon Prime, I think it's £2.49. So you get a quid yeah, off. Bargain. So, to rent. It's a doc. It's called The Armstrong Lie. So, it's all about Lance Armstrong. The seven-time... Tour de France. You've seen it. Winner. You've seen it, yeah. Very good. Quite fitting for the Olympics. It is quite fitting for the Olympics, but it literally goes through his whole career of why he cheated, how he cheated, how he got away with it for so long. And it's it's literally, it's him bearing all, and it honestly is really, really interesting to watch. Your opinion changes throughout watching the doc you know you're like you think well he's terrible and then you think i can see why and then you're on his side and then you're against him and then you hate the people who did something to him and then you're with them it's honestly it's really good and um, the footage they've got is incredible the accounts um that people give of what happened what was going on um how they were able to do it it's it's fascinating really 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 interesting watch and again you don't have to like cycling to have an interest in watching this film and you've not picked that before just to make I, sure I, I, I think I haven't picked it before do you know what it's hard though isn't it it it's is hard. hard I get that from around the world yeah it's really good the Armstrong lie great really, really brilliant good. so last pick of the series what's it gonna be are you going big guns I'm not going big guns. I feel like I've already gone big guns. Uh, I went big guns for Godfather 2. I was looking back at my selection for this year, and it is quite varied. You know, we had Home Alone, Christmas family film, Godfather 2. And then I, I, I like to do this. Pick a shit film that's shit good, which was Blair Witch. So it's like good good shit. Interesting. So, so you're basically saying that because you knew that me and Ben were going to pick it up as soon as he said Blair Witch. We were ready to jump on you and be like, "Oh yeah, that was a good it's choice." One of them. It's it's sort of like on the. I like to pick a shit. It's film it's a good it. shit in it. Like, na- like National Treasure. So, no, that's just no, that's just shit. Um, so, what's your good shit? <laughs> no, I've already picked good shit. Which okay, was so what, what's the category that's left then? Are you picking shit shit now? So we've got. <laughs> Home Alone, which is a classic, yeah? Yeah, family film. Family film. Godfather's your classic. Your classic, your big guns. Blair Witch, your good, good shit, shit. Blair Witch. Headhunters, your, your foreign. Subtitle. Yep. Now, it's... Uh, porn. Rom-com porn. It's like a rom-com. Rom-com. <laughs> good rom-com. Good rom-com. Ooh. As good as it gets. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I'd say that is Big Guns. Would you? Yeah, it's Big Gun film. Won an Oscar, didn't it? Actor and actress. Yeah. It's it's not. You've not picked. It's not a hidden rom com. Well, no, it's, it's not. Guns, I mean, it's, it's not it's fucking not. Adam Sandler blended. That's what I was thinking when you said rom com. <laughs> blended. I was buzzing. Blended. It's on the list, lads. Don't I've worry. Seen it's going to come as well. out. I've seen. It's a, it's a goodie. It's a goodie. Um, as a season draws to an end, um, there's plenty more Sofa Cinema Club available on Patreon. I keep getting messages about my reading out of the web address. So to make it very clear, it is www.patreon.com forward slash Sofa Cinema Club. And on there, 
you will find the Sofa Cinema Club Patreon. Patreon is a paid-for subscription platform for the podcast, where for a small price, you get ad-free episodes and extra Sofa Cinema Club. So if you're upset that the series is nearly coming to an end and you want more Sofa Cinema Club, all you got to do is go on to Patreon and you will find our monthly special paid-for episodes on there to listen to. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. Someone said, we need to remind you to subscribe. You press your subscribe button. Is that on YouTube? No, no on, the, on, uh, on the iTunes. You, really, you are new to this podcast world, aren't you? You're going to have, you're going to, have to start. Have you even got the podcast app, Jack? Uh, what podcast app? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, when you're on the podcast app, you press subscribe, like it's a plus, and that means you get our episode straight away, always downloaded. We're back on Monday for Soap Cinema Club Extraterrestrial, our little injection into your Monday morning, and then we're back on Thursday for the penultimate season finale of Soap Cinema Club. Mm-hmm. We will see you back here on Monday. Good night, God bless. Good night. Good night. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.